Hello everyone, my name is Brock Reiner. My name is Cody Masters. So, my name is Lincoln Sunday. My name is Curtis Ramro. Hi, my name is Caitlin Cunningham, and in this podcast, I will be focusing on the topic of setting goals. My experiences with taking responsibility. I always knew what I wanted, and once I did, there was no changing my mind. My goal is become a charge nurse of an emergency room. I want to be radically responsible in my future career in agriculture. There are so many people in life that want the American dream. But for me, on the other hand, I'm talking about my future and what it likely will be. You're listening to Notes from Above the Line, a podcast by the Leadership Fellows Certificate Program at Montana State University. My name is Joe LaVisca. It's fall 2020, and you're about to hear from the students of Leadership Foundations, Leadership Foundations is a class that teaches students foundational skills to lead across personal, organizational, and global scales. Students in this class learn to use shift moves, bringing themselves from unconscious leader behavior into a leadership practice that is open, curious, and committed to learning. In this podcast, students have answered the prompt, what is the future I am creating now? They considered the implications of their habits and behaviors, both good and bad, for their future selves. Coming up, each student will read their answers to the prompt and then present a short interview clip that they conducted with a leader in their lives. I'll play the students' contributions back to back, and then I'll rejoin at the end for some final thoughts. Okay, ready? Enjoy. Hello, everyone. My name is Brock Reiner, and you are listening to the Leadership Fellows Podcast. Today, we will be addressing the question, if I continue my current behaviors and activities personally, academically, and professionally, what will my future likely be? Well, to start, I must ask myself, what are my current behaviors and activities? My current behaviors and activities are honestly not very diverse, but they are unique to me. For example, my main interests and activities often associate with being outdoors, agriculture, or spending time with those close to me. I recently just proposed to my fiance and we are planning on getting married in June. She is someone I love very much and she makes me happier than I have ever been. Being with her makes me feel more confident in myself and feel like I can just be me. She is my best friend and always knows exactly what I need, no matter what. Yes, she is beautiful physically, especially with her beautiful blue eyes and her gorgeous smile. Yet, she is most beautiful for what is on the inside and her heart. She is very kind, is willing to help anyone, is always willing to advocate for you, and is always is willing to be honest with you. I am so excited to marry her and be with her the rest of my life. I also really enjoy agriculture and working with plants. My passion for agriculture is something I'm very proud of. I love looking at the ways different plants grow and the details in their divine design. I love being able to walk through a wheat field and feel the wind move it like an ocean with blades gently touching my skin. The feeling of doing something greater and contributing to the food on someone else's table is a sense of service I do not believe many people get to experience. To be the person that might have diagnosed the problem or disease for a crop that just added some money to a farmer's pocket or made sure that a future loaf of Dave's killer bread 
is on the shelf in someone's pantry. By the way, uh, Dave's Killer Bread is made with Montana wheat, so that's kind of cool. All this freedom and choices of who I marry and when and what I am interested in boils down to one thing, the future. In my leadership development class, my instructor Joe talked a lot about the concept of leaders taking radical responsibility. This ties into the future because radical responsibility is important to my future marriage and my career. Being radically responsible means taking the hard choices and admitting when mistakes are made and always doing the right thing. I want to be radically responsible by always being honest with my future wife and taking responsibility by taking care of her and being the best I can be for her. I want to be radically responsible in my future career in agriculture by making sure I give my future customers the right results and provide them everything to the best of my abilities. I want to be responsible and stand up for myself and my family. I want to be responsible and admit to my mistakes instead of being passive and blaming it on someone else. So when I get asked the question, if I continue my current behaviors and activities personally, academically, and professionally, what will my future likely be? My future will be bright with success and radical responsibility with highs and lows along the way. But with my wife at my side and God above, I know that anything is possible that whatever my future may hold, it will be shining with the past, glowing with the present, and looking toward the future. All right, now we're going to um, adjust for our next section of the program with the interview. Hello, everybody. Um, this is Brock again. I am at my current place of employment, Worldwide Flight Services at the Air Bozeman Airport, and I'm with Chelsea Hodges. She's one of my um, fellow co-workers and I'm just here to ask her some questions about responsibility. So Chelsea, could you introduce yourself and tell me how long you've worked at WFS? Hi, this is Chelsea Hodges. I have worked for WFS since July of this year. Uh, my responsibilities are pretty much to help out on the ramp. So we bring in planes, uh, we push out planes. So the people with the light sticks, those are the people that I work with and that we do. Um, clean planes, uh, throw luggage, baggage, and yeah, make sure that people get their uh, bags when they get to claim. Awesome, well, um, Chelsea, what would you describe responsibility as? Responsibility to me means that if you are given a task or a job that you do it to the best of your ability. Awesome. Okay, well, that's it. Thank you for letting me interview you. Hi, my name is Caitlin Cunningham, and in this podcast, I will be focusing on the topic of setting goals and looking at how environment and outside influences play a role in that. When I look at the path I'm on now, and if it is what I want to continue down, something that helps me put things into perspective is my goals. If I'm in an unmotivated headspace, I will find that I may not even be setting short-term and attainable goals for myself, and when I take a step back, that often reflects the current environment I'm in. In the book, 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, it talks about taking radical responsibility as one of the commitments. This plays a huge role in choosing peer groups and the environment you find yourself in. Sometimes it can be easier to blame outside influences for a circumstance you may find yourself in, but I think it is really important and necessary 
to take full responsibility for the choices you've made and how that influences your current life, as well as continuing to take responsibility to better your circumstances. Looking at my life now and the path I'm on, I am very happy with my peer group and support systems. I've had times in my life where I found myself around people who are hindering my full potential and had to realize that I needed to remove myself. Sometimes this was a very challenging thing to do, especially when these people were friends. However, I recognized that this was my responsibility to change my environment for the better and take control of my own life and the goals I wanted to achieve. In my interview, I'll be asking my mom, Suzette Cunningham, how a few of these aspects regarding her environment have affected her ability um, to set and achieve these goals. Okay, so I'm here with my mom, Suzette, and I'm going to ask her some questions about goal setting and how environment plays a role in that. So, mom, what are some of your current long-term and short-term goals? Um, well, our short-term goals, I would say, is to get all of you guys situated. And then my long-term goal, um, I'd like to figure out if this place, this house, is the place that I want to be at forever. Okay. Um, so how does your current environment, which um, includes the people that you're around, like your friend groups, how do you think that affects your ability to reach your goals? I think that's, I think that's the, the, the main part of, of all of it. Uh, you know, you can have a good idea, you can have a good product, you can have a good, you know, mindset for business and all that. And I think until you put yourself around the right people, that support your goals and know how to help you achieve those goals, I think that you just kind of stay idle. Yeah, definitely. Um, so thinking back to a time where maybe you didn't have the best support system or maybe the best friend group or found yourself in maybe um, some sort of an unhealthy relationship, how did you kind of take responsibility to remove yourself from that scenario to stay oriented in your life and your goals? Uh, I thought that I had uh, the job that I was going to be at for a really long time and uh, you know the paycheck was decent and turns out that the people around me were I guess I would say pretty toxic and it was very stressful and you know the paycheck was not worth the rest of it and I just had to remove myself from that situation just because of the people. Cool. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. So I thank you. Uh, you know, thank you for answering some questions for me. Hey guys, my name is Cody Masters, and I'm currently a student at MSU with a major in nursing, and I'm going to be talking about um, professional behaviors and how that interacts with leadership and also on the question of if I continue my current behaviors and activities professionally, what will my future likely be? Um, I think I have pretty good behaviors with creativity, ability to work with people, and time management, but I also strongly believe that behaviors on their own, your personal ones, it's not as what's going to shape your leadership. It's really um, the people around you as well and who you're actually working with. 
um, I mean, look around you. There's things that affect your mood because we're all human. We have things that affect our moods, our opinions, and our life every single day. You know, you wake up, it's a new day, and there's a whole set of things that impact you and shape you. Especially when you're young, and I am still young. I'm only 18. So, the first question I want to tackle is, what do I want my future to be? I'm on the track of becoming a registered nurse, and my goal would to be become a charge nurse of an emergency room. And that means basically a charge nurse is the leader of all the other nurses in the ER. And I really feel my current behaviors and the people I work with and everything are going to help me with that. Even at McDonald's as management, I started working at McDonald's at the age of 14 where by 15 I entered the world of management and it's fair to say I've learned a couple of things while managing people in a very high stress high turnover environment and really it's just figuring out how to not let your emotions get the best of you and stay composed because when you're in a leadership role um, really it's about how people perceive you like if they see a leader panicked then they're gonna panic as well because the person they look up to is panicking they don't even know what to do and a leadership value that I personally want to have is taking that radical responsibility and also taking that locus of control and locus of control is huge I believe in McDonald's management because if you're always doing an external locus control where everything is done to you and you can't, like, there's nothing you could have done, it looks bad because your crew members are going to then adapt, the people below you are going to adapt an external locus because that's what they see and they see, oh, there's nothing I can do, so everything is done to me, when in reality we should be doing the reverse. And I think if I keep up these beliefs, I won't have a problem with achieving my goal of becoming a registered nurse and a charge nurse of an ER. And one day I might kick it up to a nurse practitioner, which um, if you don't know is a master's degree in the nursing sciences and can actually act like emergency physicians which are ER doctors and I feel like with these goals I could or not goals with these beliefs that I already have I could really grow into or concrete my ability to be a leader figure and not just the like cracker box definition of a leader but actually a leader that actually means something to people and actually encourages them to do better and focus on what they're doing and encourage them. And that's what I think leadership ultimately stands for. Thank you, Cody, for that. I really appreciate how you connect your work in the fast food industry with your success in the future in nursing. I think the skills that you're learning now definitely will translate very well to uh, your nursing career. 
Next up, we have Lakin Sunday, who will tell us a story about carving her own path while still honoring her parents' influence. So most people either grow up wanting to be just like their parents or nothing of the sort. Me, growing up as quite a bit of a deviant little child, I created my own path. I did exactly what I wanted, and none of those things ever seemed to be the things my parents wanted. Although my actions made it seem like I was just stubborn, in reality, I'm just a particular person. Some would define this characteristic as being certain, and for me, those difficult, bigger, life-altering decisions always came easy. I always knew what I wanted, and once I did, there was no change in my mind. I definitely get a lot of my strong-mindedness from my father. It wasn't until recently that I had changed my mind about wanting to be just like him. When deciding to go into the medical field, it was really my father who convinced me in the first place. I never thought my life would end up being so similar to his until I realized how alike we are. I saw that by how using his strengths and weaknesses, he was able to create tremendous success in life, similar to what I strive to achieve. When he was in high school, relatively similar to myself, he lived in a small town and attended a small high school. We were both not part of the, you know, so-called popular group, and majority of the people in the town actually enjoyed trying to tear us down. No one thought he would be able to make it through his first four years of college, yet alone medical school. By far, he wasn't the smartest person in his class either. Finishing with a 2.6 GPA at the end of high school, the amount of doubt from his peers was enormous. Now, my dad has quite a few sayings to apply to life situations, but one he told me in the weeks leading up to me leaving for college was to use all of those people to push myself to do better in life. Starting by creating a plan for yourself, knowing what you can handle, and using different types of motivation to get where you want to go. While I am currently trying to receive my nursing degree, my end goal is to go back to school after to become a certified registered nurse anesthetist. In order to achieve this goal and make it through my seven years of rigorous schooling, I must plan accordingly in order to set myself up for success. The art of planning goes hand in hand in achieving your goals and commitment six from the 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership book. And this book does an amazing job of outlining this. The text talks about the importance of making plans or agreements with yourself and sticking to them. It goes, step one, making clear agreements. Step two, keeping agreements. Step three, renegotiating agreements. Step four, cleaning up broken agreements. Planning and making agreements with yourself, in my opinion, is the best way to be successful. You are the one who knows your own limits and is able to push yourself through self-motivation. I think because my father and I did not have close connections to people in our class through high school, that it enabled us to be our own motivators. Each week in college, it is so important to make an agreement with yourself on how your week is going to go and what you need to get done each day. If you are unable to keep the agreements, to get what needs to be done, then you will get behind and create a lot of stress for yourself and then, and inevitably not succeed. It is also important to know that although someone makes a structured outline for how their week or maybe next few years may go, that anything can change and some of your goals may not be met. Another lesson my dad has passed on to me is to not get too high off of good achievements and not get too low off of bad failure. Every win and loss is part of the process While I try to stay at an equilibrium with my successfulness and my not-so-successful matters in my plan, 
It is also important to use energy management, which is also covered in the book through Commitment 6. In not spreading our energy too thin onto too much activity, it opens up new paths for us to enable people to be more engaged, clear-minded, intuitive, and relaxed, being able to focus on what is important and do the best on their task. I see my father as an example of someone who can do anything if they put their mind to it, while integrating hard work, conscious planning, and managing my energy levels to achieve success for my plans in my life, I hope to apply what my dad has done through my life in order to make myself successful. His example will continue to guide me through college and the rest of my life as I work to achieve success. So, my name is Lincoln Sunday, and I'm here today to interview my dad, Brent Sunday. I wrote my story on how he's been such an influence on my life and how his goals and aspirations in his life has led to me finding my own similar to his. Okay, so um, is there anything that you had to go through, like major changes as you were going through college or dental school that really like threw you off track? And if there was, was there anything that you did to like help you learn how to get back on track? Uh, yeah, I, I can tell you a major change that tried almost threw me off track. I I was the, a manager at a at a lake, and there was a little boy that died, and I felt really bad about it. He drowned, and it was an accident, but it almost threw me off track because I many a lot of people after they have a um, a kind of a tragic experience in life, they tend to want to focus on that area and try to um, recover from it by maybe doing something. So I I almost got uh, distracted and almost decided to buy my own beach um, just because that traumatic incident happened and um, but I decided not to I was able to stick to my goals and my plan um, but that was a very close call to um, pulling me away from being a dentist but uh, that was one of the closest times when I didn't almost didn't follow through with my goals um, thanks for okay. doing our interview and thanks for listening, guys. My name is Curtis Romero. I'm a student here at MSU, and I just wanted to talk a little bit today about my own life and my experiences with taking responsibility. So when I reflect on myself and my current behaviors and activities, I'm actually pretty hopeful for what the future might hold. But I also feel that I am my greatest obstacle in achieving what I want in my life. I'm driven by a need for purpose in my life, and I often find that purpose in education and in serving others. This need for purpose can also be a double-edged sword at times, as is also the biggest source of anxiety in my life, because I feel that if I do not maintain a certain expectations I've set for myself, then I am not doing enough to prove my worth. Now, going back, starting from a very young age, I had a very easy time in school and in education in general, which sounds great, but it really ended up being a blessing and a curse for me. This aptitude I had for traditional learning structure did allow me to absorb new concepts and even try new skills like piano very easily when I was young, but it also made me content with giving a mediocre amount of effort in what I was doing.
As I started going through grades, I began to join more accelerated programs, which only worsened what would ultimately be my biggest downfall, my ego. I got very lazy in my schoolwork and in piano and in other pursuits that I had at the time as well. <laughs> this started to really set in when I reached high school, when I couldn't just coast to get good grades anymore. I began getting worse grades with every passing year and barely even passed any classes my senior year because truthfully, I thought that it was below me anyway. The reason I'm bringing this up is because it all started an unhealthy habit that I have to this day, which is placing toxic blame. When questioned about why I, the once straight-A student, was failing classes in school, often I would blame the teacher or the school or whatever else I could think of. I would blame anyone but myself for my failures, or at least that's how I would speak out loud about it. The truth was that I knew that I was reaping the consequences of my own choices, and I would blame myself the most because it was easier than taking responsibility for my actions, because just like everything else I was doing at that point in my life, I wanted to take the easy route. Eventually, I had no one else to blame. I had to face my reckoning of sorts and learn to take action about changing the way I did things rather than just deflecting with words. I didn't go to college for a few years after high school, so entering college for me has been refreshing and an opportunity to turn over a new leaf. Being in class can be humbling to say the least, as someone who thought they would never have to really try in school, but I'm appreciative of the time I get to spend here and the opportunity to learn so much. It's also given me an opportunity to earnestly listen to others and see the world from a wider perspective than my own. One of the things I feel the most insight from is the times when I get to do something for someone else to help them with their needs without any worldly gain from me. I feel that I still have a lot of work to do to improve on myself and my outlook on life, but I feel motivated to keep learning and working to get there. I hope someday I can be someone who always listens before speaking and someone who can be responsible for myself and for those who I'm surrounded by. So for my interview, I decided I wanted to interview my mom. Her name is Lana Romro. Today, we are going to be talking a little bit about the subject of taking radical responsibility. And I just wanted to introduce it a little bit. Um, taking radical responsibility means assessing a situation for what it is rather than what you might construe it to be in your mind. Um, have there been any, been any instances in your own life where you felt like you had to take radical responsibility and what was the outcome of that situation? Well, as I think back um, from, from my very young in childhood, I was a little overweight. I wasn't extremely overweight, um, but it affected my, my self-worth, my consciousness of, of my appearance and and that really bothered me, and you know. And then I I lost some weight um, by the time I uh, my end of call or high school and went to college. And but then after I got married and had a few kids, I had put on enough weight that I could be I was obese. And and I remember every time I would be out in public, I would always I would be thinking, oh, they're thinking, look how fat she is, and they're judging mm -hmm. me, and and stuff and that really bothered me yeah and, you know and it affected me even more so and 
And then I remember one day just realizing, you know, those people, that's someone driving past our house or they're walking <laughs> down the mall. They're not thinking about what my problems are. They're worried about their own problems. And I realized I don't need to give them that power or in my mind, you know, have that power over me, which they really didn't. It was all in my mind. Yeah. And I just needed to accept that, that they're not focused on me. <laughs> my weight has fluctuated, and, and I've even been to be even more obese than that. But at some point, I realized, you know, I can, I can take control of my health. Yeah. I, I, I'm the one in charge of what I eat and how much I exercise and... And I finally feel like, you know, I, I, I have that control. Mm -hmm. And I can make those decisions and I want to do it for myself, not for that stranger that's walking down the street. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for being on the podcast with me. You're welcome. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. I think it's really cool how focused these students are on their goals, their career aspirations, and the wellness of body and mind that will get them there. Conscious leadership is not about winning your success alone, but finding your success in a sustainable way that enables each leader to better serve those around them. I really appreciate how thoughtful these students have been in creating that reality for themselves. Well done, y'all. Notes from Above the Line is a project of the Leadership Fellows Certificate Program at Montana State University in collaboration with the Systems Zoo. Special thanks go to Stephanie Lindsay, Josh Meyer, Dan Short, and Madeline Kirch for all their in-house support, and especially to the students of HLD 121 for being the intrepid students of life that they are. I'm your host, Joe LaVisca. Every day you got the mask on. I know it feel kind of wrong.